Therapy Chat Podcast, Episode 111. This is the Therapy Chat Podcast with Laura Reagan, LCSWC. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. And now, here's your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. Today, I am excited to bring back to you a guest who we have heard before on this podcast, Dr. Janice Webb. Janice Webb has dedicated her career to helping people with childhood emotional neglect, also called CEN. She has written a popular book called Running on Empty, Overcome Your Childhood Emotional Neglect, which I recommend to people all the time, and they have found it so helpful. And she now has a new book out, which is called Running on Empty No More. And it talks about childhood emotional neglect and your relationships. Janice was my guest on episode 25, all the way back in March of 2016. I recommend that you go back and listen to that episode as well if you'd like to learn more about childhood emotional neglect. But today, we're going to hear about how people with childhood emotional neglect can work to heal their relationships. So let's go ahead and get started. Hi, welcome back to Therapy Chat. Today, I'm thrilled to be bringing back to you a guest who was on Therapy Chat last year and everyone found, so many people told me how helpful hearing her interview was. So my guest today is Dr. Janice Webb. Janice, thanks so much for coming back to Therapy Chat. Hi, Laura. I'm so happy to be back. I'm so happy too. The subject of childhood emotional neglect has just been, it's more and more obvious that it affects so many people and certainly so many people who come through the doors of my practice. So I'm just excited to talk more with you about what you've been doing and the new stuff you have going on. So why don't we just start off for anyone who isn't familiar with you, if you can just talk a little bit more about yourself and your work. Sure. Well, I'm a clinical psychologist and I've been practicing around 20 years now, believe it or not. Hard for me to believe, but I have a private practice 
in the Boston area. And I wrote my first book, Running on Empty, Overcome Your Childhood Emotional Neglect, in 2012. And that was because I had realized that there was just not, this, this was a very overlooked topic, and I was seeing how very powerful it was. And so that book came out in exactly five years ago. And since then, I've been blogging. I have a childhood emotional neglect blog on Psych Central. And I've developed an online program for recovery from childhood emotional neglect, which I call CEN for short. It's kind of a mouthful. And um, now I have my second book coming out, um, which is called Running on Empty No More, Transform Your Relationships with Your Partner, Your Parents, and Your Children. And that will be out November 7. So got a lot going on. Yeah. It's so exciting. Um, I've been fortunate enough to look at your book before it comes out. I feel very lucky about that. Thank you. Sure. And um, it's wonderful. I mean, it's it's so practical. It's very clear and there are examples and it's step by step. So I think it's going to help a ton of people. As I mentioned to you before we started recording, I'll be ordering multiple copies to loan out because I know my clients will really benefit. So will you give us a little review of what childhood emotional neglect is for anyone who may be unfamiliar with that concept? Yes, absolutely. My definition of childhood emotional neglect is simply a parent's failure to respond enough to a child's emotional needs. And so Emotional neglect can happen in childhood, but the effects of it are very pernicious and invisible, but they stay with you. And if your emotional, if your emotions are under-responded to by your parents as you're growing up, you are launched into adulthood, missing some vital tools that other people have, and also with some feelings that you're not supposed to have, you know, if, if everything goes right. And it really just doesn't go away until you recognize what's going on. And once you do, it changes everything. So that's where the incredible power of this, of this understanding comes in, is that there is a clear path to recovery. It's just really hard to see it in the first place. So that's my goal, is to bring this topic into the light and help people start to see that their childhood was really missing a vital ingredient and how it's affecting them now. Yeah. And so we talked last time about how childhood emotional neglect is not about what your parents did to you, but what didn't happen. Right. Exactly. So a lot of, you know, of course, parents who are, you know, really narcissistic or addicts, or, you know, abusive, of course, emotional neglect will happen there. But even in those parent-child relationships, the child will grow up to remember that the parent was a narcissist, very possibly, or was an addict. But they, the child will not grow up to remember what their parent failed to do for them. And the other thing is that I think the, the most common type of parent child relationship that this happens in is actually loving, caring parents. It's parents who really want the best for their children and are trying to 
to give them everything, perhaps materially, perhaps they love their child, but they just themselves don't understand emotions enough or how they work in order to respond enough to their children's emotional needs. So it really is what's missing in the picture is the parent, for whatever reason, failing to notice when a child, what a child is feeling and engaging with a child and talking with a child about that, teaching the child emotion skills. Many, 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 many people grew up without enough of all of that rich emotional connection and empathy and education, and it's really affecting their lives now. So what are some of the effects that someone would have if they have experienced childhood emotional neglect? I know that it's pretty broad and varied, but can you sort of summarize what they yeah. might be? Yeah. Well, it's funny. In a way, it's broad and varied, but it's it's also very clear. Like, I now can see it in my clients when they, you know, in our first session, I can pretty much see it because it has such a clear footprint. Hmm. And that footprint might lead to, you know, depression or anxiety or relationship problems. But the core problem is just that they grew up getting this message because their parents weren't responding to their emotions enough that they received the message loud and clear as a child, your emotions are either irrelevant or they're unacceptable. And so they've pushed the emo- their own feelings away to cope, which was very resourceful at the time and probably worked in some way to get them through in their childhood home. But this leaves you in adulthood lacking some, you know, one of the most vital resources that we all need to live our lives in a really healthy and productive and energetic way. And that is our emotions and knowing how to engage and use your emotions is such a key to happiness. So people who grow up this way can end up feeling this sort of an emptiness and a lack of connection to others. There's a sense that other people have some vital ingredient that they don't have. And, you know, a person with CEN might look around and see people, you know, doing all kinds of things and being all kinds of ways and saying, what do those people have that I don't have? And but they might look back on their childhood and say, well, geez, my parents gave me everything. This has got to be some flaw in me. What's my problem? I should be happier. And um, so people who grow up this way end up often blaming the problem on themselves and feeling like they were just born with some essential flaw. I call it the fatal flaw because I've heard this described by so many different people. And so there's, you know, an element of self-directed anger and self-blame. And some, some people even get angry at themselves just for having feelings. And, you know, it can be a battle. It takes a lot of energy to push your feelings away. And it takes so much less energy to just let yourself feel your feelings. And if you know how to process them, it makes all the difference. So it's just a lack of emotion tools as well, emotion skills. So that's the basic footprint. Yeah, something you said really jumped out at me. The kind of thing that I hear a lot is, I should be happy. What's wrong with me that I can't enjoy the wonderful life that I have? 
my, I had wonderful parents. Now I have, you know, a loving spouse, wonderful children. I have a great job. You know, why can't I be happy? And, and be really beating themselves up about, I should be happier. I should be able to get over whatever this thing is that I've kind of felt my whole life. Exactly. I, I would say if I had to choose one statement that most represents someone who grew up this way, it would be, I should be happier than I am, or I should be enjoying life more than I am, because there's an element of feeling flawed, and there's an element of self-blame, and there's just some missing ingredient to that statement, and the missing ingredient is, of course, emotional connection and emotional validation in childhood. So. How would someone know if they've experienced childhood emotional neglect? And you just described a lot of ways someone might feel. Do you think the person who has experienced childhood emotional neglect would be able to see themselves in what you were just saying? Some people do, but a lot of people really struggle with it. And part of the problem is because when this problem is rooted in your childhood, literally your identity developed around all of this. So you don't even, a lot of people don't even know that everyone else doesn't feel this way. I've heard that from so many folks, like, doesn't everyone feel like, you know, they're on the outside looking in? Doesn't everybody feel like they're unfulfilled? And my answer is no, everybody does not feel that way. But when it's just such a part of your identity, it can be really hard to realize that it's not the way it should be. And you just accept it as how life is. So this is why I developed the the emotional neglect questionnaire, mm. which is on my website. And it's free for anyone who wants to take it. It's a list of 20, 20 some um, seemingly probably unrelated questions. But every question I, I chose very carefully because they the questions really identify people who have grown up this way. That's wonderful. I'll be sure to put a link to that questionnaire in the show notes. And I love that. I just want to emphasize this. I love that you have the questionnaire that helps people find out, do I have childhood emotional neglect? And then you have so many resources to help people with your first book, this book, the course, which I would love if you could take a second to talk a little bit more about what that is. And then you also have kind of like a resource page for people who want to find a therapist who understands and is skilled in working with childhood emotional neglect for people to get connected with therapists. So it's not just like, oh, hey, this is a problem and you might have it, but also here's here are many different ways that you can get help. Yes, exactly. It is it is amazing. I mean, I think I have like around 200 licensed therapists on my list now um, all across the world who really who have either read Running on Empty and said and, you know, expressed an interest and said, I want to help people with this. Some of them have watched my um, my training for therapists and other people have taken my online program. But all of these therapists really do understand CEN. And when they get a call from someone, they know exactly what they're talking about. And uh, I think it's just great that there are so many people getting help with this. I do too. And I am just so grateful to you for helping really in a very 
dedicated way, just helping to raise awareness about this issue and help more people get help with it. Yeah, it's it's a passion. <laughs> I'm definitely driven to do this. And uh, I think it's it's really good for me, too. Yeah. So who would be a candidate for your course? For the online course? Yeah. Well, there are two levels of it. Um, the first level is like four videos that are free. And they're just chock full of information about how to know if you have CEN and if you and how to recover from it. And then there's a more intensive online program, which is all made up of videos and homework. And the videos are me talking. So you have to be able to listen, you know, tolerate listening to me talk for, <laughs> mm-hmm. for a few different videos. And um, there is also a biweekly Q&A call where I answer. It's a group call where I answer um, the members' questions as they do the work. And there's also an online forum where people share their experiences and talk about what they're working on and help each other in the process. Oh, that's great. I didn't even realize that it had those live components. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I really, you know, I, I was getting so many requests from people asking if I would do Skype treatment and I don't do Skype treatment. And this seemed like, you know, it, it allows people from who live anywhere. Really, I have people in it from all over the world. And it, I just think it's um, so nice to have the Internet and be able to do this these days and reach people from so many areas of the world. It's amazing how the Internet has really made the world smaller. People yeah. aren't limited as much in, you know, being able to connect. Yes, I think it's fantastic. Wonderful. Yeah. So in your newest book, you talk about how childhood emotional neglect shows up in many ways in our lives. Can you talk a little bit about how it affects relationships? Yeah. Well, the interesting thing is that partly why I wrote this second book is because once you realize that you grew up with CEN, you start to see your relationship with your parents in a different light. You know, you can imagine you, you have these parents your whole life and you have this one way of viewing your relationship with them. And then suddenly you realize that they gave you so much, but they didn't give you this one really important ingredient, which is emotional validation. And once you see that, it starts to affect how you feel about your parents. So um, the same thing happens in your marriage or with your partner, um, because you start to see how your own CEN is affecting that relationship. And also it can, you can start to see because childhood emotional neglect is so invisible. It just transfers from one generation. It's no one's fault. It's just how it is. And so therefore a lot of people start to see it, how, you know, how they're passing it to their kids as well, which is a really hard thing to cope with. And, but the great thing is there are answers. There are really clear things you can do differently in all three of those relationships that can change your relationship. And so that's what this book is about, how exactly to go about that and what to do. I love it because it is so clear and just something that seems so overwhelming and confusing 
you break it down into an explanation that people can easily follow. Yeah. And a a big part of what I want to do is take the guilt out of it because I think especially parents feel they're afraid to look at, at this or think about it because the idea that you are passing emotional neglect to your own children is just, you just don't want to think about that. However, thousands and thousands and millions of people are doing this um, without realizing it. And they're wonderful people and they want to do what's best. They just don't realize that this is, you know, something they should be doing. And it's so, um, I don't want to say it's easy to fix, but it's so fixable. And so it just makes sense to, to try to do that repair work. And it doesn't matter what age your kids are. You know, there's a section for small children and one for adolescents and one for adult children, because the way that you try to repair the relationship is different depending on the age of the child, of course. But guilt is really just not not a factor here. We're just taking it out of the equation. Yeah, it's kind of like you have to be able to say this isn't about you being bad and it isn't about kind of black and white thinking. It's just you realize there's something that can change for the benefit of everyone. And so you say, it's worth it. I'm brave enough to give it a try. Yes, it does. Yes, courage. Exactly. I think, you know, that I'm so impressed by how people are able to grab this concept and make so many changes in their lives. I just think it, I know it requires so much courage and anyone who does that should feel very proud of themselves. I think most people do. Yeah, definitely. Therapist, we've all had that moment. You wake up in the middle of the night. Oh my gosh, did I do my notes? Well, you don't have to worry about that anymore when you use therapy notes. Therapy notes makes it easy to write your notes, get them done quickly, but thoroughly. My group practice has used therapy notes for six years and everyone always finds it easy to use. But the best thing is if you do need help, you can call their customer service number and a person answers the phone. And anytime I've ever had to use it, which is maybe three times in the past six years, my issue has been resolved easily with a cheerful demeanor in 15 minutes or less. So I highly recommend Therapy Notes. And don't forget, go to therapynotes.com and use promo code chat to get two free months. I think something you said really stood out for me that it doesn't matter how old your kids are. I think you could be, you know, for one thing, I'm 45, so I'm not, I haven't lived my whole life yet, but I know that at any age, a repair in a relationship can happen and it can, basically it's just once the repair is made, it doesn't matter what happened before. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. It's It can really, that's why I put the word transform in the title of this book, because I think that um, when, when you start to deal with emotion in a healthy way in a relationship, it literally does transform how you feel about the other person and how they feel about you. And it just adds this emotional glue um, that was not quite there before. And it feels really good. 
So I think if you grew up with childhood emotional neglect and you're married or you have children or you have a partner, then there are definitely clear things that you can do that will make a tremendous difference, no matter how old you are. Yeah. So I I guess one thing I want to emphasize for people who are listening is no matter how old you get, if you've experienced childhood emotional neglect, you're going to wish you could have that. You're still going to be wishing you had that from your parents, that emotional attunement that you didn't receive. I mean, going to therapy obviously can help with that. You don't have to ever receive it from your parents to be able to feel better, but it doesn't, I guess the point I'm trying to make is it doesn't get better just as you get older. Like most people think, well, I'm 65. Why would I, Mm -hmm. you know, still be upset that my parents didn't give me what I needed? It's like, because it doesn't go away by itself. (laughs) You and I have heard that so many times from our clients, haven't we? Yes. And that's, um, it really is just built into the human brain, that need for approval and emotional connection and nurturance from one's parent. It's just built into our biology. And, you know, I couldn't agree more. It does not go away until you face it. Right. And on the other side, if a parent is 80, 85 years old and they're wishing they could repair their relationship with their child and feels distant and they they have these things they wish they could say, but they feel like it's too late. It's not too late if the child's open to, to working on the relationship because it's not like they turned 18 and then it's over and you missed your chance to ever repair your relationship. Yeah, it is absolutely never too late. And I would even take what you said further and say, even if the child's not open, there are ways to try to open that door. And there are strategies that you can use. And I have a bunch of those in my book for people that have children that are just so distant. Mm. There are ways to knock on their wall and say, okay, you know, here's what went wrong. I see it now. I want to fix this. And that just for a parent to say that to a, you know, it doesn't matter a 45 year old man or a 50 year old woman or whoever. It's definitely healing, no matter what, it's healing. I like what you said there because it's the parent saying, I realize something happened and I'm willing, I realize like what I need to change and here's how I want to address it with you versus, you know, there's this thing where children become estranged from their families of origin and the family tries to get them not to be estranged without acknowledging why the person doesn't want to be connected. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, and that just feels intrusive to the person who's saying, no, I don't feel like you're healthy for me. I don't want to be close anymore. Exactly. And there are so many people in this world whose parents failed them emotionally, but they don't realize that, but they also have this deep feeling of kind of resentment or anger that pops its head up, you know, in their relationship. And they're kind of baffled by it. Like, well, I shouldn't feel resentful of my mother like this, or I shouldn't be so angry at my parents. And why, you know, why do I snap at them? And it really is because some part of your brain recognizes that your parents didn't validate you and didn't really see you because they didn't see what you felt 
as a child. And if the parent can recognize that and reach out and say, look, I've realized something and I want to see if we can fix this. And the words emotional neglect can be so powerful in that um, framework because they're words that a parent can use with a child, a child can use with a parent, a spouse can use to another, you know, a partner. And it's their healing words when they're used right. Yeah. Do you think that someone has to have that conversation? Like, let's say I'm 45. Let's say I had a parent I wanted to address the effects of childhood emotional neglect with, and they weren't open to it. Would it be necessary for me to be, to have that conversation with them in order to, for me to heal? Absolutely not. And um, that's one of the things that I tried to cover really thoroughly in this book is how, how to go about making the decision about whether to try to talk with, um, whether it's your parents or your partner or your children um, about this topic. It's not an easy decision to make, and it really you have to weigh a lot of different variables. For some people, there's a lot of potential. For other people, they have absolutely no idea how the other party is going to react. And with your parents, there are definitely some risks involved as well. So, and some risks are worth taking and some aren't. So it's a, it's a complicated process to decide whether it makes sense or not, but it's absolutely not a requirement to heal. That's good to know. I think people need to hear that because, you know, it can be like, hmm, do I have a childhood emotional neglect? I'm going to talk to my parent about it they won't be open to it. And then the whole thing just, they shut it down for themselves and they just say, they kind of abandoned the whole idea that it, that it could change. Oh yeah. Yes. I'm sure that happens often. Yeah. No doubt. So one thing I'm really curious about that you talked about in both books, and I'd like to explore it a little bit here is elixithymia. Mm-hmm. Can you explain what that is and how it relates to childhood emotional neglect? Yes. Alexithymia is basically, I think the, the very specific definition of it, um, and this is a word that basically only therapists use, I think. I don't think lay people use this word at all. <laughs> well, I've seen it in some blogs. So sometimes people are like, I think my spouse has alexithymia. So, yeah, you know, it's a big word. It's a It is. <laughs> Um, it basically just means the inability to identify and name your emotions. And I've since I wrote the first book, I've expanded that into what I think really is involved is a struggle with emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, emotional intelligence like Dan Goleman talks about, which are the emotion skills, being able to identify your own feelings Um, you know, tolerate and express your own feelings and see what other people are feeling and respond to them appropriately. Those are the skills of emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you grow up in a household where feelings are not, you know, expressed in an open and comfortable way, then you don't really learn those skills. And childhood is the training ground for that. That's when you, you need to learn them. And if you don't, then when you grow up, you have a hard time knowing when you're having a feeling, knowing 
being able to allow yourself to feel that feeling and name that feeling, decide if you should share that feeling with another person and be able to, if you do talk with them, be able to tell what they're feeling and respond to that. And those are all such important skills in order to be able to have really rich and fulfilling relationships. The great thing is you can learn them. You can learn them as an adult. So if you missed out, as long as you understand, oh, here's what happened. I didn't learn these. Now I can. It's, it's, it has an amazing effect. So with alexithymia, then, it's not a permanent condition where someone is never going to be able to learn how to name and express and identify other people's emotions and tolerate them. It's not a fixed thing. It's something that can change. It's only fixed if you don't know what's going on and you don't know that, it, that you can fix it. But it's very, very fixable. It really is. Okay. So that's, I appreciate you explaining that because I do think I've heard some people talk about it where they're almost seeing it as, oh, there's a relationship where one partner is unable to, you know, identify emotions. So they will never be able to have a connected relationship because the one partner is unable just permanently. Yeah. I think there's a lot of common wisdom out there about that being just how a person is. And it makes sense because it, it seems so intractable, you know, mm -hmm. I'm sure you've known people um, and everyone who's listening knows people who are emotionally shut down and it does feel like it's just their personality and it's just how they are. Right. Um, but I cannot say with any more confidence that that is not the case that anyone who understands what's wrong and wants to fix it can fix it. I haven't run into a single person who hasn't been able to do that. I like that. That's a good endorsement there. <laughs> so one of the things you're talking about is being able to learn how to identify your own and other people's emotions. Is that something you cover in the book or is that something that people would learn another way if, if they don't have it? I have it in the book and I have it in my program. And it really is is a process of, it's kind of, part of it is remarkably simple. The first step is just to start paying attention. There is a certain mindset that you have when you grow up with CEN that emotions are not on your radar screen. And if one makes it on there, you quickly try to shove it away. And this all happens even unconsciously. You don't even realize what you're doing a lot of the time. And if you change that mindset and you decide that you, you want to know what you're feeling and start paying attention, that alone can make a difference. And then I also created a, an exercise that is in my first book. And it's also, I do it with people in the online program. And it's basically a combination of mindfulness and emotion naming, where you turn your attention inward and you tune into what you're feeling. And if you do this often enough, at first you'll come up with nothing, but eventually you'll start breaking through that wall that's blocking you from your feelings and you'll start to have feelings. It really does work. It sounds so simple and it actually, it is in a way, it's just you have to actually keep practicing. It takes persistence 
and an effort and a little bit of time. And some people, for some people, it's harder than it is for others. But if a person, if someone really wants to, I don't know how many people I've had come into my office and say, I don't have feelings. I just don't. And, Mm. you know, we start to work on this and they do. It turns out they do have feelings. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine that. They're really in there the whole time. Yep. They're there. They really are. I can relate to this so much because when I was younger, I was always described as an overly sensitive and super emotional person. So that was the way I saw myself. But because of that, I had also somehow learned to like shut off my connection to my feelings. Mm -hmm. And so I had a sense of myself as this very emotional person, but I was really disconnected from my feelings. So I'm sure it would have been confusing to a therapist if I were telling them that I'm this super emotional person, but yet if they were to ask me how I felt, I probably, I probably could tell them, I think I feel this and, but not feel it. Mm -hmm. And I see that with my clients a lot. So I think because of my own experience of learning what it's like to be disconnected from your feelings and then what it's like when you actually get reconnected, the difference is like being, I say this to clients, it's like, it's like you were coated in, like you were encased in ice and then, you know, somebody came with a hairdryer and just (laughs) slowly thawed Uh, you, you know, and you're like, oh, all that's in there. Yes. Yes. I like to say that um, it's like, it's like colorizing your world. Mm -hmm. Because when you're living without your emotions, it really, the world feels kind of black and white. And then when you start getting in touch with your emotions, it brings color. It's like the, the vividness of life comes from inside yourself. So true. And I think that's a a wonderful point to end with because the, you know, I can see that some people would think, well, why do I need emotions anyway? I can just, you know, why isn't it fine to just go on feeling really numb all the time? But it's the joy that you don't get to experience and the, the wonder and awe of all the good things that there are in life and the love and connection. It's so beautiful and powerful to be able to experience those. And when you're walking around feeling like you're seeing everything in black and white or you're encased in ice, you, you're just there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And the negative emotions are the same. Being able to feel angry or feel hurt or feel and being able to put that into words and let those feelings tell you what you need to do is just as useful as the positive emotions too. Right. And I think that, you know, it's that trying to numb the ones we don't like that ends up. We lose the good ones too. Exactly. We are prevented from feeling them as well. Yep. Well, I am really, really excited for your book to come out November 7th. And I think that this episode will probably be coming out just shortly before the book does. So hopefully everyone will get really excited and go buy it as soon as they can. Can people pre-order it now? Yes. On my on my website, they can order it. Okay. From Amazon or any other it's only um, available online to pre-order. Okay. So if, if this comes out before November 7th, as I think it will, then I'll be sure to put a link to pre-ordering. So people who get really excited can just go right on and 
you know, have a copy in their mailbox on hopefully on November 7th. Yeah, great. So why don't you tell our audience where they can find all of the amazing things you have going on? Everything is on my website. And um, the questionnaire, you have to get that through a link. And also the book pre-order, you have to get it through a link. So I'll send you those links to put on um, your website. But um, essentially to get to sign up to take the questionnaire, actually, you can do that through my website. You just have to enter your email. But um, it's perfectly safe. Of course, I never do anything with anyone's email. (laughs) And that puts you on my newsletter, too. And the online program, I open it for for signups a few times a year. And if you're a member of my newsletter, I let you know when that starts, when the free videos start. Great. So what is your website? It's emotionalneglect.com. Easy to remember. Yes. Awesome. So I'll put that and all the links you're going to give me in the show notes. And thank you, Janice, so much for coming back onto Therapy Chat and talking to us again today. Thank you so much for having me. I always enjoy talking with you. Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. Thanks for listening to my interview with Dr. Janice Webb. As always, I was fascinated to hear what she had to say. And I hope you found it helpful as well. Please remember that you can download the Therapy Chat app for free from the iTunes store if you're an iTunes user. And there you can organize all the episodes together, save, share, and that will be a future way that you'll be able to get in touch with me. Also, if you'd like to join the Therapy Chat Facebook group, There's a link in the show notes, but you can also search Therapy Chat Podcast in groups. Hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to Therapy Chat with your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. For more information, please visit therapychatpodcast.com.